our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. The Money Pit is presented by Diamond Crystal Salt. The benefits are bigger than you expected. After all, you're worth your salt. Diamond Crystal Salt. A brilliant choice since 
Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Terry in Iowa, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I've recently laid blacktop down, probably about two years ago. Now I'm starting to get some cracks in there, and some might be at least a half an inch wide to a quarter of an inch. And I'm curious if you have a new product that you're aware of that is rated highly to use now to fill cracks with on blacktop. Well, it's interesting that the driveway was only two years old, and it's already forming cracks. That can mean one thing and one thing only, Terry, and that is that it wasn't put down very well to begin with. Perhaps the base wasn't as solid as it should have been. Is this a, a project that you had a contractor do for you? Yes, and you're absolutely right. What happened, I didn't get the three inches that I was guaranteed to get. And I drive a semi, and in the wintertime, I'll back my semi up there to plug it in due to the cold weather. I live in right. Wisconsin. And I got off on the edge a little bit, and it pushed it down. Okay, so um, what you want to do is use a latex asphalt crack filler and then also use a latex top coat sealer. The latex products, the formulation is pretty good, and they're a lot easier to work with. But, you know, you don't use the sealer on, on the cracks until you put the crack filler in first. The crack filler um, has some, you know, some depth to it, so it can fill up those voids, those half-inch voids that you described. And after you apply the crack filler and seal those cracks up, because remember, what the purpose of the crack filler is really is to just keep the water out of it and keep it flush so the water doesn't get in and freeze and, and make it worse. So use the crack filler first and then put a coat of latex sealer on the whole thing. I would just buy uh, one of the squeegees on one side of the broom on the other kind of application tools. Start at one end, go to the other, and then stay off it for a couple of days. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your kindness and answer my phone call. Terry, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, we are into October, which means the holidays are not far behind. So if you need some help getting your Money Pit in tip-top shape before those relatives come a-knockin', give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, it's called Fall for a Reason. We're going to talk about why raking leaves is so critical to your home's lawn and its structure. Plus, we've got step-by-step tips to make it as easy as possible. The Money Pit is presented by Diamond Crystal Salt. The benefits are bigger than you expected. After all, you're worth your salt. Diamond Crystal Salt. A brilliant choice since 1886. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by the new Chamberlain Garage Power Station, an air inflator, utility cord, and LED task light, all together in a new three-in-one tool, exclusively at the Home Depot. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you need to pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEY-PIT. We want to hear your home improvement question. We want to solve the do-it-yourself dilemma. And we want to potentially give you a great prize because one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a $50 prize package from Concrobium to help you win the battle against mold. That's right. This package includes Concrobium Mold Control, which will eliminate mold and prevent it from coming back all without using any harmful chemicals. Plus, Concrobium Mold Stain Eraser, which is a powerful cleaning solution that targets mold and mildew stains on both outdoor and indoor surfaces. Learn more at curemymold.com and give us a call right now with your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT.
Jackie in Colorado is working on a flooring project. How can we lend you a hand? I have a battleship uh, linoleum on the floor. Uh, I can live with it, but it's starting to crack in front of the door in the furnace. And it's probably put down in 1930. But Well, I'll tell you what, those old linoleum floors, they lasted a long time. But I think, Jackie, it's time for you to consider redecorating. There's no way I'm going to get this this floor up. I know okay. it's it's underneath some old boards, and I have a half a ba- basement underneath. And when I walk across it, it squeaks. So I know it's the, the flooring underneath the linoleum. That's probably not good. Well, the fact that it squeaks doesn't mean it's not good. It just means that it's dry and there's some maybe perhaps loose. Some boards are rubbing against each other. Quieting the squeaks is one thing. Uh, getting a new floor is another. So. Uh, let's just talk about how to quiet the squeaks first. And this is something that a pro can do for you. Your floor, no matter how old it is, is going to be installed and secured to floor joists below, four beams below. Uh, a pro can identify where those beams are, and they can drive screws from the floor through the subfloor, through linoleum, and into the floor below. Doing that you know, every 12 to 18 inches will stabilize that floor and cause it to squeak less. Be unlikely to expect no squeaks, but you'll definitely quiet it down. Now, once that's done, you could have put a new floor on top of that. And one of the easiest new floors to put down is laminate flooring. Laminate flooring doesn't actually physically attach to the old floor. It floats over it. The panels all snap together and they're cut uh, up to about a quarter inch away from the wall. And then you trim the edge that's left and it looks terrific and it's incredibly durable. I'm not going to tell you it's going to last the 80 years that your first floor lasted, but I tell you what, I've had it in my house for over a decade and it's worked great. And we brought three kids up on it. I went to a, a department store in, in Home Depot and he said, well, the only thing he would recommend, he said, you can't put tile or anything like that, uh, marble. He said, it will not work. But he said we have what they call a floating floor. Yeah, that's the, that's the same thing. It's not attached. It floats on the old floor. But laminate is the type of material that you're interested in. They sell it at Home Depot. Uh, lots of different uh, types are there. You can also look at a website like lumberliquidators.com. Uh, you know, you can buy this laminate floor from anywhere from about oh, roughly um, $3 a square foot to maybe $5 a square foot. So it's not terribly expensive. And it's beautiful. It comes in many different designs. If you want it to look like tile, it can. If you want it to look like old hardwood floors, it can. And if you want it to look like linoleum again, it could do that. So you choose the design that matches uh, the house. Sounds good then. So I just need to go back and tell him I need a floating floor. <laughs> yeah, laminate. Laminate is what you're looking for and have it installed professionally. Okay, Jackie, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you're thinking about skipping that dreaded chore of leaf raking this fall, forget it. There are lots of reasons you need to rake up those fallen leaves. First, if you want to keep your lawn healthy, you got to rake. Leaves will starve your grass of crucial sunlight during the fall months. Plus, besides the lawn, leaves that accumulate in your gutters can actually cause a whole host of structural issues from cracked foundations to flooded basements. That's right. Now, if you hate raking leaves as much as we do, here's a little trick. Pick up a small blue tarp, no more than, say, about 8 by 10. Then rake the leaves into the tarp and drag that around the lawn as the job progresses. You can even pull it to the street to dump the leaves curbside for your town to pick up. It's a lot easier to move leaves this way than to pick them up and bag them. And you got to remember, guys, that leaf raking is strenuous work. So make sure you take some breaks and use proper equipment and drink lots of water because, you know... 
It's a hard job, but you got to do it. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Mario and I was on the line with a window question. What can we do for you? I have a frame, and obviously it's a rectangle, but the top side of that rectangle on the system frame of the masonry in the basement, it's metal. It's a metal bar. And I'm replacing my old window with a glass flux pre-assembled window. Okay. And the motor, uh, the manufacturer of the motor, I contacted them, and they say that motor does not adhere to metal. So I am going to have a gap between the top side metal bar and the window at about a half inch. And I'm curious what your recommendation is, whether I should just seal it or actually try to find some material to bond it, not just seal it. So the, the gap is going to be on the top and the bottom. What about the sides? The sides are okay because they're masonry, they're cement. So that's not a concern. It's some sort of, you know, there was some sort of reinforcing bar I, I put into the top of the frame, I assume for some structural reason. So that that's my only real concern. The other three sides are made for me, and the mortar works fine there. Is this the kind of thing that maybe you could use pressure-treated lumber, half-inch uh, piece of, half-inch thick piece of, say, pressure-treated lumber plywood or pressure-treated plywood as a shim? Uh, yes, I would think so, yes. Yeah, because I think that's what I would probably use something like that, because you want to basically close down the opening so that the window can be secured. And you could attach the pressure-treated lumber to the old masonry opening and then attach the window to that. Okay, that's a very good suggestion. Thank you very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Sandy in Florida is dealing with a squeaky door. Tell us what's going on. Well, we've had this squeaky door now for three years. We've tried putting oil on it. We tried using WD-40. And then we went out and bought three new hinges and put on it. And it still is a squeaky door. Are these hinges sort of standard hinges? Uh, yes, it's just three standard hinges. So what you might want to do is, is go out and buy some ball bearing hinges. There are some upgraded hinges. They're often used on heavier doors, but they rely on ball bearings to open and close instead of just the metal sitting on top of the metal. There's actually bearings there that the that the uh, different sides of the door will ride on, and those will be absolutely quiet and they'll last forever. Wow. Where would they carry those? Well, I, I would expect that you would find them. You, you may need to go to a home center and order them. Go to the millwork section of a, of a home center, uh, bring an old hinge along, and try to order um, a ball bearing hinge to match it or your hardware store, or you can probably find them online as well. Yeah, that's what we'll try. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Now we've got Claude in Georgia on the line who's dealing with some unwanted visitors. You've got moles in the yard. Tell us about them. These moles are tearing up my yard. I haven't found anything that can stop them. Well, we can stop them for you, Claude. Okay. Here's what you need to do. First of all, you need to realize why they're there, and they're there because they're hungry. And what they're hungry for are the insects that are in your lawn, most specifically grubs. Grubs are like a delicacy to moles, and they love to eat them. So if you treat your lawn with a grub product to control the grubs, then they will completely go away. So the solution here, Claude, is for you to use grub control. That's going to eliminate the grubs in the grass, and if you eliminate the grubs... You'll eliminate the moles. Well, you won't totally eliminate them. They'll just go to your neighbors and chew on their lawns for a while. Okay. Bear Advanced is a manufacturer that we recommend, and they have a season-long grub control product that's also a 
Turf Revitalizer. So you might want to take a look at that product, apply it to your lawn, follow the label directions, get rid of the grubs, and the moles will follow by leaving your property and and trying to find other places to eat. I know that can be a very annoying problem, and they really can tear up a lawn, but if you get rid of the insects, you'll get rid of the moles. Okay? Okay. You recommend Bear Advance? Bear Advance Grub Control. All right. I'll get out there tomorrow and buy some and try it. All right. Give it a shot. I'm sure it'll work well for you. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Jeanette in Colorado's on the line and needs some help with a radiant heating question. What can we do for you? I would like to know if it would be good to do the radiant floor ourselves or to have someone else do it. Is it going to increase my electric bill quite a bit? And if it is something I could do, what materials would be best to do? Wow, lots of questions. Yeah, we only said one question, lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the the bathroom is the only room in the house that you want to have a warm floor? Well, for starters, we would like to do it in the kitchen also, uh, but we thought we'd start with the small project as the bathroom. And what kind of a house do you have? Is it a ranch, colonial? What are we talking about? No, it's more of a ranch. It has a, um, you know, the bottom is not sitting completely on the ground because it's lots of rocks and stuff in the mountains there. So it does have crawl spaces underneath. It does. Yes, it does have crawl spaces where you, you, we have sunk punks in there to help anything that might cause that. So you can crawl under the house, but it's not very much room. Okay, and and how is it heated? Is it hot water or a hot air system? Hot air, but we mostly use pellet stoves. So it sounds to me like you're going to be limited to uh, an electric radiant heating system. There are different types of heating um, underlayments, so to speak, that you would put on a bathroom floor and you would tile on top of. Now, is it expensive? Yes, it's electric heat. It's expensive to purchase and install. It's expensive to run. It's not a way to save money on your heating bill. There's nothing cost-effective about electric heat. It's very pleasant and nice to have that warm floor, but it is an expensive project and it's expensive to run. That said, if you put it on its own timer, so it's only on, say, in the morning or in the evenings for a limited period of time, you can manage that expense. Is it a do-it-yourself project? Yes, if you're pretty experienced, because the the tile mats usually have to be ordered custom-made, and you know you, you have to make sure that they're installed properly, because if you get that floor down and it doesn't work, you get a big problem. You'd end up having to tear it up. Frankly, my advice would be to not do it yourself because I would rather have a contractor do it that's worked with it time and time again. I'd hate to see the whole thing get together and you got a problem with it and you got to tear it all up and start again. So the, the amount, of, the amount of, of, uh, additional expense for labor, I think, uh, would have sort of an insurance quality to it to make sure it comes out right. Well, thank you all for your advice, and I appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Up next, when Hurricane Sandy hit, one victim decided within minutes that the only thing to do was tear down and rebuild. We're going to hear that story as our exclusive behind-the-scenes coverage of This Old House, Jersey Shore Rebuilds, continues, presented by Red Devil. Red Devil has been providing quality adhesives, sealants, and tools that are made in the USA since 1872. For special offers and the latest in Red Devil's innovative products, visit SaveOnRedDevil.com. We'll be back with more after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. 
Money Pit is presented by Owens Corning and The Home Depot. The Home Depot and Owens Corning have teamed up to show you just how quick and easy it is to make simple upgrades to your home insulation and save money on energy costs. What's your insulation project? Learn more. Visit homedepot.owenscorning.com today. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, I'm sure many of you can remember this. On October 29th, 2012, a superstorm barreled up the East Coast and slammed directly into the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And one of the hardest hit areas was the Jersey Shore. This season on This Old House, the team is taking on something that they never have before. They're documenting the renovation of three badly damaged homes in three iconic Jersey Shore towns. And the Money Pit has been given exclusive behind-the-scenes access to bring you the stories of these renovations and the victims behind them, presented by Red Devil. And in our first report, we highlight the enormous task three homeowners face to pick up the pieces of their homes. You can also watch This Old House, Jersey Shore Rebuilds, on your local PBS station. This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you by GMC. GMC, we are professional grade. As I make my way through the bruised and battered towns on the North Barrier Island, it's clear that progress has been made since Hurricane Sandy reshaped the community that I call home. But the Jersey Shore that welcomed the This Old House team as they prepare to produce their 34th season, chronicling some of the rebuilding work here, still looks nothing like the place I've grown up in and lived my entire life. In fact, in some areas, the shore is still like a ghost town with broken windows and ripped curtains billowing through vacant homes. There's piles of sand and still lots of debris littering the streets. This area is marked by barrier island communities, which are vulnerable because the topography here of the area is very fragile. The homes here are built on a thin strip of land with the Atlantic Ocean on one side and the Barnegat Bay on the other. And in fact, it's so narrow in some places that you can actually see water on both sides, something local officials were very aware of when Sandy hit, like Bill Curtis. He's the mayor of Bayhead. Well, we tried to decide whether we were going to evacuate and when. We paid very, very close attention to the governor, and uh, we decided what our emergency evacuation plans would be, how to uh, save our vehicles, and uh, how to save people, basically. A lot of the early rebuilding focus was on getting towns ready for summer visitors, like making sure the boardwalks and the attractions were up and running. Removing all that storm debris and getting dunes in place and beaches cleaned up was really a critical first step to restoring the local economy and getting the Jersey Shore back to what we think as a new normal. But for the millions of people who call the Jersey Shore their home all year long, life is not just about boardwalks and beaches. It started out as just a normal, you know, severe storm. Uh, I looked at the tide outside. It, it seemed normal, nothing unusual. Carlos Santos in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, knows firsthand exactly what it was like living through Hurricane Sandy through the current coming into the canal was something like I'd never seen before. And I kept seeing the water rising quickly. And I, I've seen the tide coming in and out, and you just don't notice it. But this time I could notice it uh, very clearly. When the water got over the bulkhead, I knew that we were in for a little bit of trouble because that's where you know, the, the end point of Hurricane Irene was. And here we are, we were just starting off, and we were already beyond that. So I knew we were in for 
a rough night. And that was only the beginning of the journey for Carlos and his wife, Maria. They then had to figure out how to move forward. But one thing they knew for sure was that they wanted to stay and to rebuild. And in fact, they're doing just that, even though at this point, most of the construction costs are coming out of pocket for them because they're still battling their insurance company for coverage, a situation that's become way too common around here. Another Jersey Shore homeowner is Rita Gurry. She's a nurse who calls Manasquan home. And Rita had actually just paid off her home in September of 2012, just one month before Sandy hit. I opened the door into my living room. All my furniture, my chairs, were they were in other rooms. They had floated, I guess, all around the house. Everything was just destroyed. My lamps were on the floor. My, the, my, my furniture was completely soaked. It was just... And I, I made the decision within 10 minutes that there's no way I can repair this house. So house Rita didn't repair. Instead, she decided to demo her house and put in a new modular home in its place. These homeowners are a couple of the fortunate few. Despite enormous challenges, they've been able to move forward with rebuilding and renovation. And they're doing that under the expert eyes of the cast and the crew of this old house. I met up with host Kevin O'Connor at Rita Gurry's house in Manasquan. It was a big shock for Kevin to see the damage caused by Sandy firsthand. We're looking at several communities on the Jersey Shore, but for us, the ground zero has been Manilokan, um, one of the towns on the barrier islands. And the devastation there was like nothing I had seen anywhere else on the Jersey Shore. A hundred percent of the homes in that community were affected by the storm, either uh, houses destroyed or flooded. Houses that literally looked like they had been through a blender, twisted and turned. It's a remarkable sight, and unfortunately, a lot of folks aren't back and aren't going to be back for a while. So even though we're not doing a house in Manilokan, for us, it serves as sort of the starkest example of how devastating Hurricane Sandy was. So for the first time ever, the team at this old house is following the renovation of three homes at the same time. An 1880s shore cottage in Bayhead, a 1950s colonial in Point Pleasant, and Rita's new prefabricated house in Manasquan. I guess the hardest thing is deciding what part of the story to tell and what part of the story um, not to tell because we have a Sarah Monson is one of the producers for this old house, The Jersey Shore, which kicks off the show's 34th year on television. Every season is a challenge, and this one was no different. To have to choose three houses of everything that's going on down here and the raw tragedy that we're seeing every day as we drive by people who have completely been left homeless. I mean, it's it's heart-wrenching to see uh, row after row of houses that you don't know if those people are coming back. It's heartening to cover the ones that are, um, but part of you always thinks, um, am I telling the whole story if I don't tell the story of those who can't come back? Everybody loves a comeback story. And when the comeback involves the millions of residents and visitors of the iconic Jersey Shore, it takes on a special meaning for those of us who grew up here. And that includes this old house host, Kevin O'Connor. Hey, Kevin, welcome to Jersey Shore. Nice to have you in my neighborhood. It's good to be in your neighborhood, and it's good to be home. Yeah, you grew up here, didn't you? I did. I grew up in Maplewood, uh, and I lived there uh, straight through until I went to Massachusetts for college. But I still have a lot of family in New Jersey. I still come back to the Jersey Shore, Long Beach Island every year. I haven't missed it in almost four decades. There's clearly a lot to do to restore these communities. But the good news is that with what we now know about how to build homes that can stand up to storms, they'll be better than ever. 
And just like they have for disasters in the past, this old house is here to follow what three homeowners are doing to get on the road to recovery. And they'll help inspire millions more who will watch this old house show the rest of the nation what it really means to be Jersey strong. Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 888-MONEY-PIT. Now pick up the phone and give us a call because we want to help you with whatever home improvement or repair question, project, whatever you're working on, we're going to give you a hand. But also you've got the opportunity to win a great prize. And we're giving away $50 worth of Concrobium products. Now Concrobium makes a line of mold removal products that are way more effective and of course less harmful than bleach. And the winner gets two bottles of Concrobium Mold Control, one bottle of Concrobium Mold Stain Eraser, and one house and deck wash, which is pretty cool. It's a non-toxic solution that removes dirt and grime from exterior surfaces. Visit CureMyMold.com to learn more about these great products and give us a call right now for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win 888 Money Pit. Well, it's the time of year that us homeowners are out there looking for ways to insulate our homes a bit better, you know, to prevent those high energy bills all winter that, you know, we're on the verge of facing. Owens Corning has an insulation product that really helps. Yes. You know, adding blown and attic insulation is a really effective way to cut those energy costs and increase energy efficiency. But did you know that you can actually install Blown-In yourself? Well, now you can because Owens Corning has a product called Attic Cat Insulation, which I think is pretty cool. It's a very fast and easy way to insulate an average-sized attic in less than four hours. And that's at R30, which is you know plenty of insulation to keep you warm all winter long. Yeah, and more than most need. Now, the Attic Cat Blown-In Insulation System has a hose-mounted remote control and it's designed with reliability and safety in mind. It's got a self-feeding system, which is going to put the insulation exactly where you want it. Plus, it's a no-mess, low-dust system, so you get easy work and easy cleanup. And best of all, you can rent it right at your local Home Depot. Now, while this is certainly a do-it-yourself project, if you're not comfortable doing the job, the Home Depot can do it for you. You can see a live demo of Attic Cat at your nearest Home Depot store on Saturday, October 12th. So visit homedepot.com slash insulation for product information and product how-to guys. Or you can call 800-GET-PINK for questions about specific projects or products. Now we've got Rick in Pennsylvania who needs some help getting candle wax out of a wood deck. So was it an awesome party? Uh, no, it was just a, a silly mistake. I, uh, I was actually carrying a citronella candle 
and I dropped it, and it splashed back on myself and the deck. Well, are you okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this was like a couple weeks ago. I wasn't. Wax all over me and my eyes. It was not pleasant. Oh, oh man. That was a mess. Yeah. All right, so it splashed all over the wood deck. It's soaking into the wood, I presume? Yeah, I scraped off what I could, but a lot of it did go into the deck. It's a brand-new deck, mm-hmm. and uh, I did not seal it or stain it or anything. I was letting the wood dry. Well, there is a trick of the trade for pulling wax out of wood that you could give a shot Pull to. Pulling wax out of anything. Really, you anything, yeah. on fabric, a tablecloth, on your clothing. This is the way to get rid of it. Okay. So what you're going to want to do is get a clothes iron, and a paper bag. And you put the paper bag over the deck, and then you put the hot iron on top of the paper bag. No steam, just a hot iron. Just a hot iron. And what it does is it melts the wax, and it soaks up into the paper bag. Yeah, somehow it magically like sticks to the paper bag, but not to anything else. Sort of blots up, yeah. But just make sure it's a paper bag and not a plastic bag, or you'll get the opposite <laughs> result. Right, right. You'll be going for a bigger problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it can be a grocery store bag, or like a lunch sack, or a shopping bag, like any, any kind of brown bag. Okay, and just... Just melt it. I mean, it'll suck right up into the bag. All right. Now, I suspect that uh, once you do that and you wait another season or so before you're ready to, to stain or treat the deck, I would just wire brush that area right over the where the wax soaked in before you stain. And I think it'll just go right in there. I, I don't think it's going to block the stain. Those two tricks will help. Okay? I was kind of worried about that. But, uh, yeah, well, great. I, I appreciate you guys helping me out. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, learn how to dry out a wet crawl space and prevent mold from taking hold. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, celebrating their 170-year anniversary. At Stanley, making history is our future. To learn more, visit stanleytools.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, have you had a chance to like us on Facebook yet? Why not? Get on there. You get lots of awesome information, plus access to great prizes, giveaways, bonus info, and super fun behind-the-scenes photo, like Tom using tools and maybe making a mistake. Oh, wait, that doesn't actually ever happen. (laughs) Troublemaker. Or Leslie and I crashing this old house party. Yes, lots of (laughs) awesome pictures from there. (laughs) We always have a great time when we get to hang with those guys. And, you know, Tom and I being home improvement geeks, I mean, that's like Mecca for us hanging out with them. Absolutely. If you want to check it all out, head on over to Facebook slash The Money Pit and be sure to like us there. And while you're online, you can ask us a question in the community section by posting there. We've got one from LJC in Delaware who writes, my crawl space recently flooded for the first time in the nearly three decades I've been in my home. Crawl space is sand with a plastic vapor barrier. I removed the water with a portable sump pump and a wet vac and ran a box fan. Do I now need to remove the old vapor barrier and install a new one because it got wet? Should I have a sump pump installed? Should I spray the crawl space with some kind of anti-mold solution? Wow. So one flooding in three decades, that's no need to panic, LJ. 
Uh, and the fact that the plastic got wet is no big, as long as you've got it dried out right now. In fact, it sounds like you did all the right things. Now, the reason it flooded uh, bears some conversation. You want to, it probably happened because of a storm. And usually when you get those sort of once in a while floods, it's because, you know, the gutters got disconnected, the gutters got clogged, the downspouts dumped water too close to the foundation, something like that happened. So if anything, I would address that. But the fact that you got that all dried out is critical. And the fact of the matter is that if the wood is dry, it can't grow mold. So the fact that it was wet just for a few days is not going to cause a mold problem because once you've dried it out, you get that moisture down the lumber beyond uh, 25%, you're not going to have a problem with mold. So I think you did it all right. I would not panic any further. Keep that fan going until all that moisture evaporates off the plastic uh, and then try to examine why it got flooded in the first place and address that. Put your energy into correcting that issue and you're good to go. All right. Next up, we've got a post from Sue in Georgia who writes, we recently lost some big limbs off of a large tree in our yard from a storm. How do I know what's left of the tree is stable? I'm worried about it falling down onto our house. Now, you know, with a bad storm, look, any healthy tree can come down in a bad storm. So what are the chances of having it happen again? Probably not that high because all the weak stuff would have been broken off by the first storm. But if you're concerned about disease or something of that nature, I'd have the tree looked at by, you know, a landscaper or a tree surgeon or somebody that does this for a living. But if you don't see any obvious signs of decay and, uh, you know, the the damage has been cleaned up, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry too much further about it. All right. Next up, George in Massachusetts writes, my hardwood floor is pretty dinged up and uneven in color where the sun has faded it. I want to have it refinished. What's the best way? And can I do it myself? I wouldn't do this yourself. If the floor needs a heavy sanding, like with a commercial belt sander, I would not encourage anyone to go out and rent those and try it themselves because it's very easy to damage the floor badly with that tool. It's extremely destructive and uh, especially in the hands of someone that doesn't use it every single day. If it just needs a light sanding, you can't can do that part yourself. But if you've got fade in there in different colors, you're most likely going to have to take it down below the old finish. And that means you're going to need a pro to at least do that part of it. Refinishing, okay. Sanding, not so much. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a project you want to leave to the pros. It takes a lot of time. You want the good products. So really get somebody in there and you'll be so thrilled with the long lasting results. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air, online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Happy fall, everybody. Get out there, pick up some tools, get to work fixing up your Money Pit. And remember, if you have questions, you can reach us 24-7 at 888-MONEY-PIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.